0: Hey everyone, you're listening to Sweet Talk with Alisa podcast and this is Alisa and today is December 31st, 2018. It is New Year's Eve. It's the last day of the year and this is the final episode of the year for Sweet Talk with Alisa podcast and if you hear any noise in the background, that's my son. He's sitting alongside with me (laughs) co-hosting. But anyway, I just want to reflect back on a couple of things that happened this year for me. And let's get it started. 2018 has been a crazy year for me. All for good and even some scary reasons. But 2018 has been the year of discovery for me. And what I mean by that is... Since the beginning of the year, I've discovered new people, new music that pretty much brought me back to when I was younger, when I was a kid. And just getting into the trend of the new shit that's out and that has been out for probably the past couple of years that I never even heard of. But I've also discovered myself, my true self. From creating my podcast going into being a serious makeup junkie, I've mentioned I joined a makeup group on Facebook back in March. The group is called Makeup Junkies Anonymous. All thanks to one of my best friends who had been a member of this group for some time. She recommended me to join this group because she figured, hey, I like makeup. She likes makeup, so I might enjoy being a part of this group. And Since joining this group, I've pretty much got to learn more about myself when it comes to makeup. And for the past, I would say, two to three years, I've been splurging on makeup, especially shopping at Ulta Beauty. But 2018 has been the year I've been building up my makeup collection. I mean, it's grown tremendously from drugstore brands into high-end brands. I have a variety of it all and creating looks that are simple makeup looks to something intense like full glam or even my favorite goth glam. I just learned more about myself and feeling beautiful in my own skin and creating so many different looks that I'm proud of seeing how much progress I had made with makeup on myself And learning more about this makeup group, it kind of helped along the way. Because believe me, I see all these makeup trends on social media that fascinates me. But to really interact with other members and seeing other members of this Facebook makeup group who are also makeup junkies, it just is awesome. And it's amazing to see how many people love and enjoy makeup. It's just art. You know, creating all these different looks, having fun, being playful with makeup, it's a wonderful thing. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I'm not a professional makeup artist. I'm no expert, but I like to have fun with creating different looks for myself, depending on what I'm wearing, depending on my mood, and depending on where I go. So, quick shout out to Makeup Junkies Anonymous on Facebook and also on Instagram. I forgot their handle on Instagram. I apologize, but you guys know who you are. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you for welcoming me to be a member of your group this year. It meant a lot to me. I got to know quite a few handful of people along the way. And I appreciate all that you do. And I appreciate the love each and every one of you had shown me during my makeup journey this year. And I appreciate it so, so much. So thank you all very much. And I can't wait to see what the new year has in store for Makeup Junkies Anonymous. So I mentioned about discovering new people. And I've spoken to and had met quite a few handful of people within the year. One of the people I would like to talk about is someone who kind of set in stone for me to create my podcast after listening to his own podcast and finding out who he was and what he was about. So I'm pretty much grateful to him for giving me the push that I needed to create Sweet Talk with Lisa podcast. And I've spoken about him s- numerous times on the podcast, numerous times on Instagram, and numerous times with my friends, so I'm speaking about the one and only Zach Neal. If you want to know more about him, feel free to check him out on Instagram at the real Zach Neal so Zach Neal is an entrepreneur, and he has a lot of businesses, not just here in New York, he has some in Los Angeles and elsewhere and he He's a freaking working monster, I would say. <laughs> he just does not stop. He just keeps going. And I think I called him the Zach of all trades on a previous episode on the podcast because he's just doing so many different things. And not just having all these amazing businesses like with Beetle House and some pop-up bars. But he also created his first cookbook, which is called The Nightmare Before Dinner. And I actually have a copy of that cookbook because I had pre-ordered it over the summer when Zach made the announcement about it. And I received the book on Halloween. And on Halloween, I actually have posted a video on my IGTV on Instagram, giving you all a sneak peek of the cookbook. And I was actually fortunate enough to take a recipe from the cookbook and make something on Thanksgiving. I had no complaints about it. Everyone who tried the dish enjoyed it. But anyway, let me give you guys the 411 on how everything came to be between me getting to know Zach Neal and how he... Had been the one person who helped me create my podcast. So this is how it started. Started following Zach on Instagram in early January. And the reason why I started following him on Instagram was because Beetle House New York had posted a contest announcement which featured his picture. The contest was to win a free dinner for two at Beetle House, New York. So I entered the contest, and one of the requirements was to follow Zach Neal on Instagram. I had no idea who this guy was. I looked at this picture of him. I thought he was a musician or maybe a tattoo artist. And after entering the contest and after following him, I didn't look at his page right away. But somehow, some way, something told me. To do a little investigation, find out who he is really. Thanks to Google and the internet, I ended up finding out who Zach was. I found this article that stated that Zach is the creator and co owner of Beetle House. And I looked at his picture again, especially this picture in the article. I said, No way. He does not own this place. He is not the one that created this place. He looks way too young. To be a business owner. And. I go on Instagram. I go on his page. I'm browsing through all of his posts. Well not all of them. But just like the latest ones. And I did see some stuff about Beetle House. And I'm like. Okay cool. Then I see more pictures of him. And I'm like. Okay. He's a good looking guy. He's a business owner. He's an entrepreneur. Like. Cool. He's doing his thing. So I remember after following Zach on Instagram, he had a post about his podcast, which is called Zach Neal's Daily Gold. And he's always telling people if they have any questions to DM him their questions. So I took it upon myself to reach out to him through direct message. And I asked two questions for him to answer on the podcast. I wasn't expecting for him to reply back. But the two questions I asked him was, the first question, what made you come up with the idea of creating Beetle House? And the second question was pertaining to a specific delivery carrier he had issues with. And I wanted to ask him a question about that because I can totally relate. And since I've been shopping online a lot in 2018, I've had a shitload of issues with a lot of delivery carriers not delivering my packages to my home. Because believe me, I've been filing so many complaints about my packages not getting delivered or maybe a package was delivered, but it was left outside the door where anyone could have just snatched up the package and just had taken off with it. So sure enough, after sending those questions to Zach via direct message on Instagram, he replied back. He informed me that he was going to answer both of my questions and will send me a link to his podcast to listen to. It really caught me by surprise because, I, like I said, I didn't expect for him to respond back to me. So I ended up replying back to him saying, I didn't expect for you to respond back to me. I appreciate it. And he wrote back sometime later saying that he always... Response back to his messages and ended the message with a smiley face. So I thought that was pretty funny, but sweet and cute. <laughs> so then um I wrote back to him again and I said I appreciate it. And then I asked, or, or rather, stated, hopefully he can give me a shout out on his podcast for my birthday because my birthday was coming up in April. So He told me just to remind him and he'll try his best. And I was like, aw, that was nice. So at that point on, after the messages I received from him, I was like, yeah, he's cool. I like him. Because believe me, there's like so many people I follow on Instagram. A lot of celebrities, I would say. You could comment on their posts. You could even attempt to send them a direct message. Do they usually... Reply back to you? My experience? Nope. (laughs) Zach has been the only one person who I followed that always replies back to my messages. And I'm just still amazed at that. He's been on the news a couple of times already. And I remember the last two times I saw him on the news over the summer was because he opened up this place called Cake Shake, which is literally down the block from Beetle House, New York. And I remember I recorded on my phone the clip of that segment on the news. And when Zach came on, I was so excited. I was like, yeah, that's my boy. (laughs) Like, I was so excited to see him on the news because, like I said, I've been interacting with him on Instagram so I was like, "Yeah, that's my boy he doing his thing." And then I saw the chef of Beetle House, New York. Um, he goes by the name of Felix Castro. Um, you could find him on Instagram at Chef Felix Castro. And I was like, "Oh, that's the chef!" So I remember the second time I went to Beetle House, New York, with one of my best friends, we actually had seen the chef of Beetle House outside in front of the restaurant and I'm like oh my god that's the chef and you know I was like starstruck for a second but I didn't say nothing to him but after my second visit at Beetle House New York I posted a video on my Instagram story and I tagged both Zach and Chef Felix Castro and I tagged them in my pictures that I had posted from my second visit at Beetle House and they both replied back to me. Um, I remember Chef Felix had left me a comment on my Instagram post regarding Beetle House saying the next time I go back, the next round was on him. And Zach replied back to my Instagram story, apologizing that he missed me again because I had given Zach a heads up maybe a week before I was scheduled to go to Beetle House exactly what day I was going, what time. And I missed him the both times I went. I guess he wasn't in New York at the time, but with my second visit, he replied to my Instagram story saying that he was sorry he missed me again. And the next time I go back, it's on him. So I was like, wow. I never would have expected for him to say that to me. Especially someone he's never met in his life. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just a follower, you know what I mean? And let me tell you, on his podcast, he did give me a birthday shout out, by the way. And um, I had asked him more questions for him to answer on his podcast, which he did. And I remember one of the episodes, he called me his friend. And I was like, oh my gosh, he really said that? Like, that really touched my heart. So For someone that never had met me and for someone that I've never met in my life and really didn't know all too well, at that point, I felt special. Like, he really touched the place of my heart when he called me his friend. And I know it may sound crazy and weird to some people, but like I said before, I have nothing but love and respect for this guy. Like, he's doing so much for himself, and I know he's doing this because it's not something that he he only enjoys doing for a living by creating so many different new things for people to check out but you gotta remember he's also a dad he has two daughters and I know he wants to leave a legacy behind for them just by me witnessing what he's doing all thanks to social media so I get it you know I get it I'm a mom myself and I want to make sure that I leave a legacy behind for my son. You know, I want him to be proud of the person that I am, proud of the woman that I am and being proud that I'm his mom, doing all of these amazing things for him and for others. So I get it. You know what I mean? I get what Zach is doing. Um, He's keeping himself busy and He's also giving people opportunities, too. I mean, Zach had offered job to people on Instagram. He's always making announcements that he's looking to hire people to do different things. And he just wants people to win. That's his thing. He says everyone is a winner. So I, you know, thought that, yeah, you know what? This is what I need to hear. This is motivational speaking and he's good at it from what I'm hearing on his podcast and on Instagram. He's good at doing that. He likes to motivate people to do better and that's what I'm doing. I want to do better for myself. I want to do better for my son and to have a great future. So like I said, he's a cool guy and I'm grateful to have had the opportunity to even socialize with him on Instagram. I really appreciate it so, so much. So he's an important person in my life. I would say, because I would have never had my podcast if it wasn't for him. So Zach, if you're listening, thank you so much for everything you've done from afar. I would say, <laughs> um, You know, you impacted my life in such a unique way that I never would have thought that anything like this would even be possible. I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there that look up to certain actors, actresses, musicians, um, athletes, anybody, you know, that you've never met face to face, but you idolize them from afar and they kind of help. With something and you just can't help but to thank them and appreciate them for everything they had done for you, for your life. I mean, I never would have thought I would have a podcast, honestly. But after listening to Zach on Instagram, watching his videos and hearing his podcast, it really, it just really gave me a whole 360 On a whole outlook of myself and my passion and ideas of even wanting to work in the media arts. And he helped made it come to life for me in a weird way, I would say. So um, yeah, I'm proud of everything I've done so far with my podcast and especially with having my Instagram page up and running for my podcast. I mean, I've got a quite handful of followers and I've interacted with a quite handful of people through Instagram because of my podcast. I mean, I'm very grateful. So, Zach, if you're listening, thank you so, so much for everything. You're amazing. You're cool. And you're awesome. <laughs> so much love and respect to you always. And I hope that the new year brings you so much more. So thank you. This next person I want to speak to about, she really changed the way how I felt about my appearance, specifically my eyebrows. So, I've had the opportunity of speaking to her, all thanks to Instagram, and her name is T. Her Instagram handle is at Lash and Browslayer. That's L-A-S-H-N-B-R-O-W-S-L-A-Y-E-R. So, this lovely young lady, <laughs> we're just a year apart. Um, I think we're about a year apart or we're the same age. But anyway, she is an amazing lash and brow artist. This girl is certified. She continues to take trainings. She offers training for other people to learn her work of art. And I remember the first time I reached out to her. I was asking questions about a lash lift, and then I started asking questions about microblading because in 2017, I had my first microblading done on my eyebrows, and it was done by someone who I found also on Instagram, but this person did such a horrible job, and I felt like I was being ripped off because I had to spend so much money to get this work done. So, with T, she was very informative. Let me tell you, the first day I reached out to her, we were DMing each other for a good hour and a half. I've never interacted with anyone on Instagram for that amount of time. And she was very detailed, very informative. And I ended up setting up an appointment with her to get my first lash lift done. So, the day I got my lash lift done, she was very sweet, very welcoming. And, you know, she told me what she was doing, all the steps that she was taking during the process of the lash lift. And then I started asking questions about the microblading. So I told her about my scary stories of what happened the year prior. So she told me she didn't notice there were some issues on my eyebrows. So she told me if I was interested, she would do my microblading for me when I'm ready. So she told me the cost of it. And what it included. And I was like, all right, cool. Maybe sometime after my birthday, I'll go do the microblading with her. So, sure enough, I ended up setting up the appointment to have my microblading done by her. And I was nervous. I was afraid because the first time I had microblading done in 2017 by the other person who did such a shitty job, I remember feeling so much pain. Seeing how much I was bleeding from this person cutting deep into my skin, which isn't supposed to happen at all, according to what T told me when it comes to microblading. So I was worried. So when I had my first microblading done with T, she had taken her time. So my appointment was scheduled for around 1130 in the morning. She didn't start until maybe after 12. 12. And the reason for that was because she was taking measurements, she was outlining my eyebrows, she was making adjustments based on what I wanted, and then she started the microblading. She had suggested that I have ombre powder brows along with the microblading, because I told her what I wanted my brows to look like. I said I wanted to look fuller, and you know, decent because my natural brows are so thin because of years of waxing. So she knew what she was doing. So after the first session of the microblading was done with tea, I was so shocked. I was speechless. Like I really wanted to cry because I couldn't believe how my brows looked. It looked the way it was supposed to look before I even started waxing them when I was in the fifth grade. Going into junior high school. Because back then. I had very thick brows. But after junior high school. Going into high school. And in my early 20s. You know. The women who had waxed my eyebrows. At the nail salon. They would take off so much eyebrow hair. And it would take forever. For it to grow back. And as I got older. Some of it really didn't even grow back at all. So. I had to use an eyebrow pencil to fill in my brows a bit, but it still looked horrible. So a good thing about microblading is that you don't have to worry about filling it in with makeup. I mean, I do use makeup now to just fill it in a bit on areas that look a little patchy and light, but you can't really tell. So T had done such an outstanding job. I was like, wow, she really took her time with me. She was making me laugh. We were talking about, you know, things going on in our lives. You know, she mentioned she has a daughter. She's a single mom like I am. I've spoken to her about Beetle House and been telling her, like, I wanted to go to Beetle House for so long and mentioned about Zach Neal. So I even showed her a picture of him. (laughs) But it was just crazy. So. I had to go for a touch-up, like, maybe a month and a half later. And when she did my touch-up, she also offered lash extensions for me, which was kind of like a birthday gift um, for my birthday in April. So, yeah, I wasn't used to getting professional lash extensions done because I mentioned to her when I first did my lash lift that... I used to get the lash extensions done at these local shops that advertise they do lash extensions and eyebrow waxing or eyebrow threading. And the times I had got my lashes done at these places, my eyes would get so irritated and itchy. I think it's because of this glue that they use. And T had told me, yeah, you got to be careful with those places because they're not certified. And they're buying things off of Amazon or wherever else. And it's not really good quality stuff, especially the lash glue. Because I told her, I remember I got my lash extensions done and the lady who was doing the lash extension, she had the glue go into my eye. Like She like squeezed the tube from the glue to put on the lash extension and the glue somehow got in my eye and my eye was burning. It was horrible. And then it got to a point where I would like rub my eyes because of the irritation and itchiness that some of the lashes ended up falling out along with my natural lashes. So my eyelids was looking naked when I ended up removing the lash extensions myself. And you don't want to do that. That's a horrible mistake. (laughs) So it was horrible. I had to use castor oil on my eyelids and whatever natural lashes remained to help my lashes grow back. Oh my gosh, scary stories. So I highly recommend you all do your research when it comes to doing things that are beauty related, especially when it comes to microblading, lash lifts, lash extensions, whatever. Do your research. Make sure the person is certified and qualified to do this job because you're spending money something you want to get done for yourself and you want to make sure the person does an amazing job and also has a portfolio has good reviews you know what i mean so you get what you pay for and with t i did get what i paid for because she did an outstanding job and i highly recommended her to a lot of people and um she's already been on the news she's has grown her clientele I would say so um, I'm looking forward to working with her again in the new year Um, well rather having her work on me (laughs) because I appreciate everything she does you know she really makes you feel beautiful and glamorous when she does her work because that's what I felt And um, yeah, I wish her nothing but the best for the new year as well. And I look forward to seeing her in the new year. So T, if you're listening, thank you so much for making my brows and lashes look great. And I know I'm due for a new lash lift. (laughs) And I know sometime in the new year I would have to get a touch up on my eyebrows with the microblading. So um, I look forward to seeing you soon. So this next person who I had the opportunity of speaking with in 2018, she is the owner of the Motionless and White Army page on both Facebook and Instagram. But I'm more social on the Instagram page as opposed to Facebook. But anyway, the owner of the Motionless and White Army page, her name is Dahlia, and I hope I pronounced it correctly. I have to give her a quick shout out because... I got to talk to her since following her personal page and the Motions of White Army page. And I've become a fan of Motions of White since the beginning of the year, shortly after following Zach Neal on Instagram. And little did I know, over the summer, when Zach had talked about the band's warp tour on his podcast, I actually sent him a message on Facebook, not Facebook, I'm sorry. I sent him a message on Instagram. And I said, I listened to your podcast and I had wanted to go to the Vance War Tour because one of my favorite bands is before me. And I mentioned that my favorite band is Motionless to White. So then I got on Instagram Live that night. The Motionless to White Army page was watching. All of a sudden, I get a notification that Zach Neal sent me a direct message. And I was like, oh shit. Like, it caught me by surprise. Every time he hits me up, Whenever I send him a message, I always get so excited and caught off guard. Because, like I said, I don't know him like that. But whenever he sends me messages, I get so excited. Like, yay, he wrote back to me. But I ended up reading the message he sent me. And he's mentioned that that particular day, he got to hang out with Motionless in and White. And that he knows them because they were one of his bands. And he'd known them since they were kids. So I was like, whoa. How surreal... And freaky as shit is that. I'm a fan of both Moshe White and Zach Neal. And they already had known each other. So I told Zach. That this is some information I'm going to mention on my podcast. And then. I ended the message saying I love you guys. And he replied back with a smiley face. (laughs) So. um, Yeah, so. Interacting with Dahlia on Instagram, getting to know her, getting to know more about Motionless and White. Um, it was cool, you know, because I don't have a lot of friends that are into that type of music that Motionless and White does, but I'll speak about the music stuff later. But um at least talking with someone who's a fan of Motionless and White is cool, you know what I mean? So we were talking recently about Motionless and White working on a new album. So she wanted to know, what am I expecting from this album? Like, what kind of songs. And I'm like, well, I'm hoping they do a song similar to Wasp or Eternally Yours. Like, maybe some type of love song. Um, but definitely, I'm, I'm hoping that the next album would be as great. As the previous albums from before. That I have got the opportunity to listen to. So. Um, yeah. So much love to the Motionless and White Army page. On Instagram and Facebook. But pertaining to Instagram. Shout out to Dahlia. And everyone else. I appreciate the love and support from you all. And I can't wait to see what you all have. Planned for the new year. Pertaining to the Motionless and White Army page. Now I want to talk about discovering music for 2018. So I mentioned that I'm a huge fan of Motionless and White, and I want to give you the breakdown of how I discovered them. So basically, what happened was Oh, thanks to Instagram once again. There's a store called Hot Topic. They sell a lot of merchandise of bands, movies, TV shows. So they ended up posting a little clip of a music video by a band called New Year's Day. They did their rendition of a song called Gangsta, which was a song featured from the movie Suicide Squad. The artist who originally performed the song is Kehlani. So I was watching this video by New Year's Day, just a little clip of it. And I was like, oh, this is a rock version of this song. So I go on YouTube to watch the entire video. And I was like, oh, nice. You know, everyone in the band is dressed up like characters from Batman. And the lead vocalist, who is Ash Costello, was dressed up like Harley Quinn. So, I thought the video was cool and everything. And then with YouTube, they also give you links to other videos that are uh, kind of relating to the one you just seen. So, I ended up seeing some other music videos by New Year's Day, one in which Chris from Motionless in White was featured on the song. So, this video that he was in for this song called Angel Eyes by New Year's Day. Chris was wearing a suit, his hair was slicked back, he had on a mask. And I was like, oh, who is this guy? (laughs) I had no idea who he was. So then I ended up finding another music video from another band called In This Moment. First song for the video I had seen was for Big Bad Wolf. And I looked at this vocalist who is Maria Brink for in this moment. I looked at her. I was like, she kind of reminds me of Lady Gaga in some type of way. I I guess it was her hair or something. You know what I mean? It was like she reminded me of kind of like a rock version of Lady Gaga. Just like a badass rock artist. So her vocals were insane when I heard this song. When I had seen this music video, I was like, wow, I've never really heard anyone scream like that. (laughs) So I was like, whoa, I really got into the vibe of the music. So I continued watching more videos by In This Moment. And I found this one music video for a song called Whore. Chris was featured in the music video. He made his little cameo appearance and... Once again, he was dressed up in a suit and he did wear a mask in this video, too. I was like, who is he? So after watching in this moment videos, I ended up finding another band. And their music videos and this band is called Vamps. They're a Japanese rock band duo. And I seen their videos And one of the first videos I had seen was for a song called Inside of Me. And, you know, when you're watching music videos, there's a part of the screen you'll see on the corner somewhere. Usually on the bottom left hand corner, you'll see the information of the song and who directed the video, if there's anyone featured on that track. So I see Chris Motionless was featured on this song. He wasn't in the video, but I really didn't know what part of the song he was singing in. So I've seen the name Chris Motionless pop up before. So I'm like, who is Chris Motionless? I go on YouTube in the search bar. I type Chris Motionless. Sure enough, Motionless in White pops up. So the first music video I had seen by Motionless in White was for Eternally Yours. So I'm looking at the video and I'm like, okay, I'm digging their style. I'm digging the vibe. And there was Chris Moschlitz singing the song for Eternally Yours. And I'm like, okay, certain parts of that video, he's wearing a suit. (laughs) (laughs) And then the second video I had seen was Necessary Evil. And the song featured Jonathan Davis from Corn. I used to listen to Corn way back when. Um, back in the MTV TRL days, like high school days, I used to listen to Korn a lot and some other bands, but it was crazy. So I'm watching this video and I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. Badass, you know? And at that point, I continued watching more motionless white music videos. And I was like, wow, I really like this band. So then I started following them on Instagram following the Motionless and White page on Instagram, following the members of the band and you know I heard they were going on tour and I was like oh man that would have been so cool to see them and unfortunately when they were touring in New York it wasn't close to home it was kind of far so I wasn't able to go so I could only see the pictures that are posted on social media of you know their shows and when they had the Vans Warp Tour in New York over the summer, I was so close into going. I could have went. I was just a little worried about the weather, but it ended up being such a beautiful day. That particular day, they were touring in New York. And what happened? I ended up going to Walmart. <laughs> I went to Walmart in White Plains, New York. It was their last weekend being open because they were shutting down that location of Walmart and I was so upset because that was like the closest Walmart to where I live at and I was like, damn, really? I could have went to the Warp Tour. I could have had fun. I could have probably met the band. Cause you know at the Warp Tour they have like certain stations where the bands or artists will camp out at to sign autographs. And I'm not sure if you're allowed to take pictures with the artists but Sometimes I've seen on social media that you're not allowed to take pictures there. Some people sneak a pic or a video without security watching, but I don't know. But it would have been cool to have gone and have this experience because I never attended a rock show. And that's that. But, yep, that's how my love for Motionless and White started, so you guys know. And, um, you know, Ricky, who's a member of Motionless Why, he's a guitar player in the band. He has his own podcast called the Ricky Olsen Podcast. So I actually got to check that out. He had some of the members of the band featured on some episodes. And Ricky also had his book released called Gloom. And it's a book with... A variety of scary stories and I ordered it off of Amazon for like $6 and I was so happy to get it I got to read the first story and I was like whoa this shit is crazy so hopefully Ricky continues writing more books in the near future because it was pretty cool that he did that and um, that's pretty much about it so I really got back into listening to rock music this year and also industrial music there's a band called Ludovico Technique. And I never heard about them before. How I found out about them was because of Instagram. The vocalist of the band ended up following me on Instagram. And then when I go check out his page, I see that Chris Motionless from Motionless and White is following him on Instagram. So I was like, wait a minute, they know each other? And um, you know, I listened to some of the songs by Ludovico Technique. I actually saw one of the music videos they had done a while back. And I was like, whoa, this is kind of interesting. Kind of like gothic, creepy look to the band based on this music video I had seen. And then I saw other music videos they'd done a while back. And I I just like their sound, the vibe I get from them. You know, there was like certain tracks you could just dance to. And I love music like that. So It was amazing. So um, yeah, interesting year of music for me. I mean, I used to listen to a lot of pop music when I was younger, R&B, hip-hop, but like this year was more rock. There's another band I discovered this year called Bad Wolves, and I had got a direct message from the vocalist of the band, Tommy Vexed, and I remember I tagged the band in my Instagram story or something, and the band's page sent me a like. You know, when you DM someone on Instagram, you have the option of sending them a like. The little heart on uh, the screen, <laughs> you just click on it, you send them a heart, meaning you like something. Um, Tommy had sent me a direct message just saying thanks for the love and support. And I remember it was around. Right around my birthday. It was like literally days or something before my birthday. And he wished me a happy early birthday. And then Mother's Day, I treated myself to getting the latest Bad Wolves album called Disobey. And that album is amazing. Um, If you don't know Bad Wolves, check them out on social media. They did a, a remake of the song called Zombie. Which was originally performed by the Cranberries and when I read up on the history of how their rendition came to be I was like wow that's awesome so I mean the album is still selling I mean the song is like high on the charts so yeah this year has been a crazy year with music when it comes to rock music for me um I still listen to Motionless the White every single day, by the way. <laughs> um, I can't wait to hear the new material. I can't wait for them to drop a new album in the new year. It's going to be awesome. And for the other bands I mentioned, um, I hope they work on new stuff, too. It'll be really cool. But Motionless and White, they're still number one in my heart. They ain't going nowhere. <laughs> now, let me talk about health during 2018. It's been a hectic roller coaster ride regarding my health in 2018 and it's been a bit worrisome. Um, I mentioned before in the podcast I've been dealing with severe pain from having being found diagnosed with scoliosis after the summer and dealing with many years of pain due to a heel spur. I have a heel spur on both of my heels but in 2018 the heel spur has been driving me crazy in particular with my right heel and I do follow up with a podiatrist and he was treating me for the heel spur pain by giving me injections and it hasn't really been working and My podiatrist made the decision to have me take some blood tests to see what's really going on. Why isn't the treatments of the injections helping with the pain? So based on the results of the test, my podiatrist was worried and mentioned that I had to see a rheumatologist as soon as possible. So I took it upon myself to see a rheumatologist and get their opinion on what's going on and shown the rheumatologist the test results of the tests I had done by my podiatrist. And the rheumatologist was asking me a series of questions about my medical history, family medical history, so on and so forth. This rheumatologist had me take a series of tests and then followed up with me by calling me maybe about a week and a half later of the test results, even though the day I had taken the test, I was receiving email notifications that the results were available because I had created an account on the clinic's website just to get updates on any medical appointments or test results. I didn't understand the test results because everything was in numbers, it said positive or negative, but The results with the numbers, I didn't quite understand. I didn't quite understand the name of the test. Of course, I did research on the Internet to find out exactly what these tests were, but I still needed clarification from the rheumatologist as to what these tests are and what the results mean. So the rheumatologist mentioned there was an issue with one of the tests that was showing something was wrong with my liver. I informed the rheumatologist, letting him know, I know what's going on with my liver because my primary care physician had me get an ultrasound done a while back because I've been complaining of stomach pains. So having the ultrasound done on my liver, it showed that I had a fatty liver. I really don't know how someone can get a fatty liver. It's all new to me, but um, it is what it is. So the rheumatologist suggested that I go see a liver specialist and never suggested that I follow up with him for anything else, which I kind of found odd. And especially with dealing with all this chronic pain in my body, I I really didn't quite get it. So I ended up following up with my podiatrist and letting him know what had happened when I'd seen the rheumatologist He too also found it strange that this rheumatologist didn't bother saying to follow up with him after my first visit seeing him and especially getting all these tests done. So I told my podiatrist I'm going to still see the rheumatologist I was scheduled to see that he recommended from the same clinic where I see my podiatrist and get a second opinion. So I ended up meeting with the second rheumatologist, and I told her all the tests I had done with the first rheumatologist. So she looked at my file on on the computer and found those tests, read the results. She asked me a series of questions beforehand, um, knowing my family medical history, knowing my medical history, what symptoms I have and don't have. And she said that she wasn't going to have me repeat the same test that I'd done before with the first rheumatologist. She ended up having me take a couple of tests that were brand new and told me that when I see her again at the next follow-up appointment with her, she was going to give me the results and let me know what's going on. She did mention arthritis on my knees Because I was complaining about joint pain, especially with my knees. And just by examining me, um, she mentioned arthritis. So, I don't know. The first rheumatologist mentioned arthritis too, but he really wasn't clear. Like, yeah, you have this type of arthritis. But the second rheumatologist mentioned I have r And I'm like, I have a family member that has that, so... Now I have it at 34 years old. So I really didn't ask her about me having arthritis. I wasn't too sure, but she mentioned it. I didn't question it. So I'm waiting until I see her for the next follow-up appointment to ask her more questions in detail, especially with arthritis, because that's scary. Um, Another thing regarding my health, I had surgery over the summer. And I had a lipoma removed. There's a show on TLC called Dr. Pimple Popper. And this show is crazy. You see people with the weirdest shit on their bodies, on their faces. I mean, anywhere. And she removes it, whether it's blackheads, lipomas, and other things. And the lip- Lipoma, I had removed on my left thigh. I had this lipoma for many years and I noticed for the past two to three years it had gotten bigger. So when I had the surgery to remove it, I was not put to sleep, but I was under local anesthesia, meaning they only numbed the area around the lipoma. And it felt so weird. I was so nervous. My body was shaking. I was cold in the operating room. And I was able to see what was removed. The surgeon showed me what he removed. The lipoma was the size of a lychee fruit. Or maybe a a small apricot. Like, Let's just say, to give you a better idea, a size of a golf ball. Maybe a little smaller than a golf ball, but around that size, but just a little smaller. Probably like about two sizes smaller than a golf ball. It was freaky. It looked so weird. And I'm like, oh my God, that's what's been on my thigh for over a decade. Like, that's crazy. So I do have a scar on my thigh. It's not too bad, but it's there. I'm just glad that that thing is gone because it's been annoying me for so many years and uh, it's crazy. So now I mentioned about me having back pain due to scoliosis. So I had a MRI done back in May. Didn't find out about scoliosis until after September. Why such a long delay of finding this out? That's because of my doctor. I only see my doctor every 6 months and I figured, you know, This doctor was the one who referred me to get this test done. if anything was to show something out of the normal, you know, you would suspect the doctor would call me and set up an appointment for me to follow up with him right away or even get a letter in the mail. That never happened. So when I had followed up with my primary care physician, I questioned about the MRI results and he told me I was diagnosed with scoliosis. He says it was mild and it's not severe. He ended up showing me pictures on the computer in the room at the doctor's office of what it looks like for someone who has mild scoliosis to severe. So he mentioned that I have two discs on my spine that are bulging out, which is causing me pain. So when the muscles are contracting on the spine, that's why I'm feeling the pain. It's The muscles are contracting the spine to pretty much make it straight. So I'm like, great. And he mentioned I can't do any heavy lifting. And you all know from listening to my podcast, I mentioned I have a child with special needs. My son is now probably over 60 pounds. He's a big boy. He's a heavy kid. And as much as I love spoiling him with hugs and kisses and playing around with him by picking him up, I can't pick him up any longer. Because that's going to put a toll on my back and cause more damage. So, you know, I have people worrying, like, you know, when your son has a tantrum, what's going to happen? You can't pick him up. You can't do anything. And it's like, I got to make sure he's in a safe area. If he has a tantrum, make sure there's nothing around that could possibly harm him, Um, depending on where we're at, if we're home or if we're out. You know what I mean? So he has protective gear to keep him safe in the event he does have a tantrum, but it's still scary. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm being very cautious with my health and my physical strength, especially um, pertaining to the new year. So I really want to focus on getting healthier and getting stronger because... One, I'm a single mom. Two, I'm not getting any younger. So I really want to focus on myself in 2019 to do better and to live the best life I can possibly live. Because, hey, you know, you got to think about what you want for yourself in the long run. I mean, I know I'm 34 now. I'm going to be 35 in April and I want to live a long and healthy life especially for my sons and especially if I plan on having more children in the future God willing if everything is okay with my health because I mentioned on the podcast before I have polycystic ovarian syndrome which is PCOS for short and it's risky for women with PCOS to even conceive women are infertile with PCOS If they want to have children, they have to go through many treatments. They got to try to regulate their monthly cycles. So it's complicated, but you got to do what you can to see if you can get what you want and what you truly desire. So my goals for 2019 is to work on my health and to not be so stressed out you know I tend to stress about a couple of things. That may seem minor, but I really want to focus on me next year. And that's all that matters is that I'm good, my son is good, and we're both happy, sane, and healthy. So, I think that sums up my discovery of 2018. I if I forgot to mention anything, sorry. <laughs> um But the things I've said were pretty much the most important things that highlighted my year. And I'm very thankful and grateful for the opportunities that was presented to me in 2018. And I'm very appreciative of everyone who I got to speak to and who I got to meet during the year. You all mean so much to me in each and every way and you know who you are I've mentioned a couple of you already and for those who I haven't well just know you're all loved and truly appreciated no matter what so I'm looking forward to seeing what 2019 has in store for myself and one of the things I'm looking forward to is the first year anniversary of my podcast sweet talk with elisa i'm so excited that the one year anniversary is coming up for it and i don't know i'm coming up with so many ideas of what i want to do to honor the anniversary for my podcast and you guys have to get further information on instagram about it so feel free to follow me on instagram at sweet talk underscore alisa that's s-w-e-e-t-t-a-l-k underscore a-l-i-z-a feel free to dm me if you have any questions or if you just want to see how i'm doing you just want to talk i'm here to hear you guys out and um whenever you catch me on instagram live feel free to join in and and talk to me (laughs) So I hope you all had an interesting, fulfilling 2018. I wish you all the best in the upcoming new year. And thank you for listening to this final episode of Sweet Talk with Elisa podcast. The final episode of 2018. Much love and blessings to you all. See you in 2019. Until next time.